Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. And we're back. Oh, no, I'm just trying to think of things to say. Yeah. I run out of it. We are back. We are here at the Digging Deeper podcast. I am Cody Christian Keith Gesser, the worship pastor here. (laughs) I'm Brian Matthew Wilmot. I was not ready for that. That was great. Did you know I had two middle names? Yes. Actually, you told me that. Yeah. Uh, sometime last year or something. So, but Christian you can Keith. trust me. I know yeah. they say not to trust people with two middle two names. Middle names. That's right. Well, I've only got one. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, my initials are pretty awesome. What are they? Brian Matthew Wilmarth BMW. <laughs> yes. Totally awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you and your love for Germany. Of course. Yeah, because I drive a BMW. <laughs> My Toyota Camry. <laughs> you should put a little symbol over the I top should. of the Toyota. That'd be awesome. It would be. Anyways, yeah. So uh, we introduced ourselves in a strange way, but yep. I am the worship <laughs> pastor, and Brian is the senior pastor here at yes. New Life um, Church yeah. here in Morton, Illinois. Yes. Yeah. Love we're, doing it. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's been really awesome, and we yeah. just came off a very big weekend mm-hmm. where we had uh, a couple services. We had our Good Friday service on You Guessed It Friday, and then Sunday morning Easter. So yeah, yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit about those services and start off with Good Friday. Yep. And I'm saying Good Friday weird. Good Friday. Good Friday. Good Friday. Good. I don't know. You um, have to be somber because it's death. Yeah. Jesus death. Good Friday. Good Friday. No. The way you, the way you say good has to be sad. That's right. Um. We did things differently. We actually changed the entire arrangement of the room, mm-hmm. um, and we put worship in the center, and we had all the chairs around, mm-hmm. so everyone as they worshiped, that they could see each other, and yeah. it just was a really powerful service. Obviously, that took mm-hmm. us a little bit of time to sure. do all that, but yeah. it really paid off, and it was I'm, so worth it. I'm hoping that that becomes kind of something that is a part of the identity here, at least yep. for Good Friday, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, it was just really rich and just cool and different. And yes. what are some things we could say about it besides it was cool and different? Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate it, again, that we did it in the round. You could see one another. It felt more communal in that way. I think um, the value of sharing our faith and, and sharing a, an experience like that with one another in that way I think is meaningful and formative. Um, you know, it was different, so it probably struck people a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm not used to this. I think there's there's more going on in our hearts and our minds because of that. And so I, I appreciated just how the space was arranged. But even within the service, some of the things that we did, you know, we did worship and we did some teaching, but we also heard um, some uh, reading of scripture. Uh, someone shared a poem that they had written um, and had some creative other kinds of things. But we also shared testimonies and mm. expressed lament yeah, within awesome. that. Um, I, I appreciated hearing from our church in those variety of ways as a way to um, like approach the cross in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it is one of those things that's so helpful for us to come to the cross fresh, to lament like we did. Um, there's so much wrong in the world. There's so much wrong in our lives. And Jesus addresses that by his death. And to be able to voice that and to come together. Yeah, absolutely. That is so meaningful. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, services that we've done here in the past Good Friday, uh, 
had maybe a similar tone, but I felt the way that this all came together just really um, held lament mm-hmm. well. And yes. I was really appreciative. What what are some goals for this kind of service that you would hope that people walk away with? Yeah, I felt like this year I really wanted us to feel the permission to name the broken, the the mm. wrong, the what's unjust and and what's not right in our lives, and see that as um, like something we can express to God and to one another. Not to feel like oh I got to put on the face or I got to everything's happy and oh I'm you know so great and all that I think sometimes we do that we have that tendency to to almost represent ourselves in a in a skewed way and lament invites us to not do that to be authentic yeah. and real and to do that at the cross where we hear God's response like mm-hmm. here's what I'm doing about it. I'm giving my my son my life for you and to address all of those things and I think coming to a service like that, being able to express that allows us to experience the cross, experience what Jesus has done for us in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. And so that's my hope, regardless if we do lament again or not for Good Friday, I hope that we can come to the cross and hear and receive what the cross can mean for us, what Jesus has done in his sacrifice for us. Yeah. yeah. So I I was so glad we did it the way that we did it. It was awesome. I like that you said the the permission to feel those things Mm -hmm. as we were scheduling and working on this service, we instantly felt, Oh wow, this is going to be lengthy potentially. And then we're like trying to cut these things down Mm -hmm. and try to, but then suddenly I felt a shift in the room as we were playing of like, Oh, we let's have permission to let this be what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. So we were able to let it go a little bit longer and kind of just had music weave in and out of the whole service. And I felt the permission as well to just slow down with what we were doing. And I told the team, I gave them a framework of what we were going to do, but also was like, be ready to kind of go on the spot though too, Mm because I want to be spontaneous with what we're doing and not have it as rigid. Because a lot of times Sunday mornings, we want to keep a lot of that rigidity. Yeah. I guess if that's a word. Sure, right, right. Um, (laughs) With structure and, you know, we use click tracks and these different kinds of things. And we have moments where we can be spontaneous, but really wanted this service to just be, you know, we are around Mm -hmm. and we're able to just kind of vamp on different thoughts. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just really, really cool. So there was just a lot of breathing space in the room. So nothing felt rushed. And I hope that's always something that we hold for our Good Friday services. Yeah, I agree. And I, I want us to feel that permission to to do what the Lord's leading us to do and to allow that space, you know, sometimes it's really good to have structure and a plan. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really good to let, let those things go. And I, I loved it the most that like, cause I was aware of what the service was supposed to look like. We had planned it all out. And then to watch the worship team, those involved shift, or even in the moment kind of do what they felt was appropriate. Right. Um, especially with like Jess's reading, you know, when she was reading it, how the band was like organically responding in mm-hmm. the moment to that, like, I just, I felt that and it was a meaningful kind of thing. So, uh, I think it was a win all the way around. Yeah. 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 I loved it. Yeah. It's awesome. So if you didn't make it to our good yeah. Friday service, <laughs> that just kind of gives you a glimpse of what it looked like because we didn't live stream it. Correct. And I don't think that we're going to do that in the future. We want people to be there. Probably and not. Yeah. It's not that kind of service right. Um, right. to view yeah. compared to being in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, we want you to be there and seeing other people worship and be able to bring mm-hmm. um, what God's bringing for you. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So shifting gears, uh, we went to Easter. Yeah, and Easter. Yeah. Um, and I've been so... 
obviously I'm still in contact with Andrew, our old worship pastor and my brother, he's a worship pastor. And I've just been hearing for as much as people have been out of church, this mm-hmm. Easter has felt like I've just seen a lot of people were in attendance yeah, yeah. across the U.S. I mean, yeah. from a few of the conversations I've seen and then some stuff like forums online, mm-hmm. um, it seems like people were really there. So yeah. as we're coming this next week, I'm hoping that that's a sign mm-hmm. that we'll see some people back as well. And that was yep. not any different for us. We saw a lot of people yeah, this right. weekend and it was, it was really great. Yeah. And, and it was great to see, um, faces that regularly show up and maybe some who are a part of our church, but don't come as regularly. And that's you. That's great. But then we saw faces that we've not seen before, whether families out of town or people who live in our communities show up and, and you have that with Easter and Christmas. Those, those are typical days that people are more likely go to, to go to church. Um, but there was something about this. I mean, we're still kind of coming out of the pandemic and, and we're getting into our new reality, you know, post pandemic and so where, where are people with um, attendance and, and presence at a church service? And, and I think we're still trying to feel some of that out. I, I loved what I saw, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about the work and the ministry that we get to do with a lot of the people in our community. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great to see faces. You talked a lot about um, your story yes, or people's story mm-hmm. or what does the end of the story look like for mm-hmm. every single person who is in attendance mm-hmm. Um And we've been talking about Exodus, their story is our story. So we've been weaving this story theme and not to steal from the life group questions, but there was a good one in there. Just basically (laughs) asking like what, um, from all the stories you've read, Mm -hmm. heard or watched, which one has been your favorite ending Yeah, and why? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not sure admittedly, but I did share about, uh, the Shawshank Redemption in the, in the sermon. And that's one of my favorite movies. Um, overall, like I just love a lot that's happening there. And the ending is, is like, it is that kind of paradise feel like the, the final scenes are on a beach in Mexico and the, some of the final language that read one of the characters is kind of narrating is like, I hope I'm looking forward. He, he has this vision of what could be. Um, and there's just, there's something about that, that captures, I think the human imagination, the human longing and the answer that Jesus himself does give, like he gives us the answer mm-hmm. of hope. Mm-hmm. So I love Shawshank. Um, but I, I like some other ones too. Like, um, you know, I don't, for, for reading, I actually like the Harry Potter series. I know some people maybe aren't too jazzed about that, but I think the writer JK Rowling does a really good job of bringing the themes of love versus hate or evil and mm-hmm. life versus death. She really brings those together within the characters and in the plot story. And I think it does actually point to a lot of gospel themes. Um, and so I think that's a, a great example of kind of exploring what love looks like and, and how that leads to true life. Um, yeah. Uh, another one that the wing feather saga, Andrew Peterson, he's a worship pastor and leader. Mm. Um, he actually decided to write a book series, um, mostly like young adult children kind of thing, but my wife and I read it and we loved it. Um, similar. He brings a lot of gospel themes. It's a kind of a fantasy sort of thing, but it, the theme of sacrifice, like, um, and, and how that comes to fruition at the end of the, the story, I won't spoil it or anything, but it, he does a pretty sure. good job of like exploring those themes. So those are some of them that come to yeah. my mind. Yeah. It's a great icebreaker question for, yeah, right? for our small groups. <laughs> I was thinking about the 
first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. Because I was trying to think, okay, what is like the most epic ending that, like, you know, it ended well. And like yes. when yep. Peter grabs that power stone. Yes. And then everyone, mm-hmm. else, like, at first it's like, looks like it's going to destroy him, but the rest of the team, yes. like, grabs onto him. Yep. And that's just such a beautiful image. Yeah. And I yep. just, I love those, their series. They're yeah. so funny yep. and they have action. And yep. Yep. yeah. It's, I'm a big Marvel fan too. It's, it's good stuff. Too. It's good. <laughs> um, I think you shared a bit about your story, um, mm-hmm. but I was just going to ask you, what is like something you've gone after in attempt to make your story a good yeah. one? Yeah. Yep. Um, or a good ending. Like yeah. That? Yeah. For me, I think um, some of the like the stereotypical roles in life, like um, a husband and a father, uh, and in my case, like my job being a pastor, those kinds of things I've... I've seen like I need to succeed in those or I have that desire, that longing to do those well. And so like take a pastor because that's my most visible probably for many people. Like I want to be known as a good pastor. Maybe I don't want to be mm-hmm. famous. I, I don't mm-hmm. need a, you know, a million people following me or anything like that. But more like the people that do, do they think well of me? Mm-hmm. Do they think I'm a good pastor? Am I doing a good job in their eyes? Like that, I feel that, that longing, that tendency and it, it probably is a prideful kind of thing. Like it's it's this deep down, like I need to look good in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, if I'm a good pastor, then I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have a good story. People are going to look back at the end of my life and say, oh, he did such a great job. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like really trying to go after that, I manufacture that, make that happen. Yeah. That's when it gets to be too much of a, like I'm trying to pursue my own pride within that um so for me like i feel that tension in the roles of life being a, a, a dad a, a husband being a pastor i want to do them well and mm-hmm. that's some of the ways that i've seen personally like i'm going after something that's good but i'm probably making too much of it i'm probably putting too much emphasis or weight in those roles so that's how i see it in my life yeah i actually you narrated that a bit different, but for me, it's the exact same thing. It, mm-hmm. It's wanting other people's approval. Yeah. And for a long time, I was able to manufacture that and that worked. But then when I came into ministry, you mm-hmm. multiply that across a congregation yeah. and everyone. And I started finding like, I'm trying to have conversations with everyone because yep. I want everyone to be okay with who I am yeah. in my position. And yep. there's not a whole lot of peace in that after a while. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of emptiness. So mm-hmm. ultimately, where did you land? And yeah. what would you offer to me or the listeners mm-hmm. for where to actually find that? Yeah, I'm I'm still in process because I don't think it's something like, oh, I flip a switch and I'm Good. all better. Yeah, right. um, so there's definitely journeying. Uh, there's a there's a unlearning and relearning all through life that that's, I think, taking place for me. But the answer, the objective answer and kind of the starting place is resurrection. Mm-hmm. It is it's Jesus and what he has done. Um, and that's kind of why we went the direction we did with the sermon. Like everything that we long for, everything that we hope these things, like for me, being a pastor, being a dad, being a husband, um, what I long for from those, Jesus gives me and that's captured in the resurrection. And so for me, shifting my focus and attention, shifting my emphasis, where I put my weight from these things, which are good, and they're not eliminated from my life, but shifting it from those to Jesus, to his resurrection, to what he says, that's that process. And that's how I think we move towards that. So how I see that actually happening in my own life is being a pastor, like, 
I'm, I'm never perfect. Like I'm not going to do everything the way that I either should, or that pleases everybody. You know, you talk about approval, like there's going to be times where plenty of you are probably going to be like, why did Brian do that? Or I, I disagree with that. Decision. Oh yeah. I have but, that thought every day. <laughs> of course you do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like having the, those moments of like, people aren't pleased with me. How do I treat it in that mm-hmm. moment? Mm-hmm. Um, now I, if I do something wrong, I want to own that. I want to apologize for it. But if, if I'm putting all of my eggs in the pastor basket, sure. it's harder to apologize. Like, mm-hmm. Oh no, I messed up. I need to like defend it or protect it. And, sure. and you have that sure. tendency. Whereas if it's like, that's not where my identity is and my identity is in Jesus and in the resurrection, I can apologize. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I did not mean to do that. Or, or here's how I can make that right. Like, there's a there's a looseness, a, a, a holding more loosely that I see. And I think the, one of the key words for me is contentment. Mm-hmm. It's being content in things not going as I expect. Mm-hmm. I see that probably more in parenting. Like I'm trying to raise two little human beings and like they don't do what I think they should. Or it's like, that's not how I thought that'd go. And, um, and that's okay. You know, yes, mm-hmm. I want to steer and guide them in walking out life and all that kind of stuff. And that's my responsibility. But like, they don't have to be any certain kinds of things. Like, mm-hmm. um, like you probably, when you become a parent, everybody has a picture of what they think it's going to look like. And I'm sure 99% of the time, like it doesn't play out that way. Yeah. And are we okay with that? Yeah. And that's, I think that contentment, like, oh, just, it's that holding loosely. Like, it's okay that it's this way. And I do my best and they do their best and, and we're, we're offering all of that. You know, we give of each other, uh, give our best to each other, but we're okay with kind of outcomes, how they play out because it's ultimately in God's hands. And so I'm, I'm learning that that's where a lot of, for me, the shift happens. It's in contentment, being okay with things being different than I expect mm-hmm. and finding my true security and source and approval right, right, from Jesus right. and captured in the resurrection. That was a huge shift for me. Yeah. It's just recognizing who God created me to be mm-hmm. and being okay with that and yes. allowing that to work from my heart out and being okay with not having to be in contact with everyone, like constant contact. And yeah. that brought me a, a lot of peace. But the answer also isn't like, well, I just don't give a rip and yeah, right, I don't right. need anybody's approval. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't care about exercise anymore. You know, like, mm-hmm. so some of these things are really good, yeah, you know, yes. and they bring us a lot of joy. Yes. And I, I don't want people to also hear like, well, I have to get rid of all those things and no, just like, right. there might be certain seasons where maybe you've created an idol out of something, mm-hmm. but um, how do you, how would you offer people advice on how to balance those things or hold them in balance like Mm -hmm. or what's a noticing that somebody might be able to have because like ooh, this thing's just coming in a little too heavy for me Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question and i think what you just narrated to cody cody was really helpful like there's a there's almost two extremes like we can care too much about it or like not care at all and both of those are like prideful probably oh yeah like yeah. i think that not caring at all is a defense mechanism like oh you know i'm, I'm not going to go there i wonder if there is a living in the middle ground somewhere um for me where maybe i probably could capture this most acutely um in college I, so i shared this a number of times i'm a runner I, I ran cross-country track in high school continued to run in college um and i was pretty good i had some talent and and could be successful in college but i was hurt um, all four years of my college career, um, 
I experienced injury and I never ran as fast as I probably could have. And for me, I, I do look back at that time and, and I sensed that that was becoming a bit of an idol where I was like, oh, I really want to be good at this and I could be. And, and it almost became idolatry. I was, I was emphasizing that way too much. Um, and I think the Lord used that as an opportunity. I don't know that he necessarily like made that happen. Maybe he did, but he taught me through it that it's okay to not have this the way that I thought it should be. And now I still run, um, mm. and I'm still able to continue to do that. Probably won't be able to do it for the rest of my life, but um, I find a deep joy in it, not because of how well or how fast I run, because I'm not as fast as I used to be, and I can't compete with college-age kids or anything like that. Um, That's not true. He probably could. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. There's, there's some fast ones out there. But like, we're going to start a campaign, race my past or, or something. We can gain some money here. That's and right. That's you right. just well, show up in sweatpants and <laughs> get my calisthenics going. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. No yes. um, but I see that as like, I've, I learned to hold it loosely and I noticed that when I do, like I appreciate it for what it is more. Mm -hmm. So um, I think when we get to that place where it's okay if it doesn't go as we expect, we can just appreciate the thing for what it brings to our lives. Because like running, I still run. It's actually one of the best like rest activities I do. It helps me to de-stress and Mm -hmm. kind of stay in a healthier balance in life. Um, I notice the times where I don't run, you know, if I take some time off or, you know, take a day off even, um, like I just don't quite feel the same and, and it, it does help me to be active. So I appreciate what it does and I appreciate the, the value that it brings in and of itself rather than it has to bring all of the value. And so I don't know if, if people like what you think of when you look at your life, like what those kinds of things are, it's like, oh, maybe this is something that's getting too much attention, getting too much weight in me, in my life, um, learning to say like, okay, I'm going to step back from that just a little and let it be what it needs to be, what it be the good that it can be and trusting the Lord for the rest mm-hmm. and, um, and a contentment, a, a settledness, a resting are some of the indicators that I've seen in my life where, okay, maybe I'm in a better place when it comes to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but those are some of the thoughts that came to my mind. No, definitely. Yeah. I think that's that's really helpful. Sure. Because that's why I would love for people to hear, to be able to think like, okay, this thing's kind of creeping in a bit mm-hmm. more. And I'm really finding, I think you had said like when someone criticizes something yeah. about you and if mm-hmm. that's your thing, yeah. how you react to that is mm-hmm. a good yes. litmus test for <laughs> where yeah. you're at and trusting Jesus or finding your security in mm-hmm. him. Yeah, because nothing, like I... I could become a terrible pastor and that's not a good thing, but it will never harm my identity in Jesus. It will never change my status with him. Like, and that's what endures. Uh, there are going to be no pastors in heaven. Like mm-hmm. on the other side of the resurrection, like we don't, we don't need pastors anymore. I'm not going to have a job uh, in, in that sense. So like, this is something that won't endure because mm. Jesus, like, he, we have access to him. We're all there in, in yeah. equal equal connection with him. And um, like we're going to shepherd one another, but we're all going to do that for one another. So if I'm looking at my role as a pastor as like, this is what defines me, at some point that's going to end. And what will define me is being a child of, of God. And that that will endure. 
And so if that's where I'm finding my true identity, so, um, and resting in that and, and focusing my energies on that, that's yeah. a good place to be. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right. We'll both be out of jobs. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> Helping lead people into the presence. Uh, probably well, not going to be doing that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be needed. That's right. That's, that's right. cool. That's yeah. a great thought. Mm. Um, you talked about the Tom Brady thing and yeah. how he's kind of like got to like, is this it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've got all these things and where do we find our fulfillment, our story and all that stuff. And you landed at, you know, we find our fulfillment in the resurrection. Yes. Um, in another question that I saw on the life groups question. Yeah, yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, yeah. there's really good answers in here. If you're a pot, if you <laughs> are, right. uh, uh, sorry, a life group leader, mm-hmm. um, Yes. I might be flushing out every once in a while. I'll grab yeah. a couple questions. Get, from get little uh, answers to the test, if yeah. you will. <laughs> so if you're writing this down, how do the implications of Jesus' resurrection actually help you take a tangible step deeper into your faith? Yeah. And I put in parentheses, that's good. Yeah. It so is I think good. a lot of people who were sitting there and hear that, okay, how does that Actually, I mean, we mm-hmm. trust the Holy Spirit to work in us to like kind mm-hmm. of help us find direction and things. But yeah, yeah, how do you see that tangibly play out? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I'm still learning what that even feels like and and how we actually experience it. I do think some some steps that we can take, like not to live in our heads only, but like reflecting on the the resurrection, like the fact that it happened, that Jesus did that for us, and that is our story. Like what he what he was res- resurrected, he was raised from the dead. That's going to be us too. We're going to be raised from the dead. And so allowing that to shape our thinking and shape our, our approach to life, I think it does shift back to like holding things loosely, um, being in a more content place because we know the end of the story. We know how things are going to go. Mm-hmm. So the tangible expression, I think, is there's some measure of reflection, but then how do I capture that in my my everyday life? How do I begin to live as a person who is going to be resurrected? Like, I think one thing is we become less fearful of death. That doesn't mean we're, you know, we're completely free of that fear. And, and there's a healthy healthiness. Maybe that I've heard this phrase, like we're no longer afraid of death. Maybe we're afraid of dying. The process of dying is probably not going to be enjoyable, but death itself, we don't have to be afraid of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to, um, be fearful or, or worried or like trying to figure out how do we get the most out of now because like death is coming. That's not the end of the story anymore. We're, we're actually only on like chapter one. Um, our story is going to be so much grander beyond death. And so I think that just changes how we approach life, how we see things. Um, again, I, I, the, the language out there or the, the, the idea out there in our culture is like he who has the most toys wins, you know, or, or some of those kinds of ideas that are out there. That's no longer true for us. Like, we don't have to have the most toys right now because we, we are going to have a richness beyond material things on the other side of resurrection. So I think it allows us to approach this life a little bit differently. Um, maybe one more specific story. My, my sister, I've shared um, once or twice in, in service before, but my um, sister died of cancer when she was 14. Um, and that was just a really hard season for my family. But I saw how the hope of the resurrection really carried me through. Now, that's a very serious and like large, significant moment for, for life. But I, I, I saw 
play out what Paul talks about, how we don't grieve without hope. Like we are not the kind of people who are grieving, who don't have hope. We grieve because we sense that loss, but we know that's not the end. And she, she trusted Jesus with her life and she was a follower, um, still young in her faith, but she made that decision. I know I'm going to see her. Mm -hmm. And I know that her story is going to continue. And so it just, it does change how I experienced her death. And um, I think those are, those are some of the ways that I think you can see how the resurrection makes an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. As you were talking through that, it made me think like, I think it changes how it's tangible to you. Mm, And I think one of our duties in making it tangible is understanding what the resurrection actually means Mm -hmm. for you in your life. Mm -hmm. And that changes because the deeper your relationship with God goes, Mm -hmm. the more it starts to mean to you. Yeah. And that's kind of an incredible process. You know, like if you're just first starting out, you're like, okay, so he died for my sins so Mm -hmm. I could live and I could, you know, I have life after this life. And, the more you start to dig and you understand the character of God, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's always changing. Yeah. Which is, which is cool too. Yeah. We're, we're deepening our understanding along the yeah. way. And one of the things too, that I'm even thinking of in the moment, um, like that's the kind of power that he has for us right now. Like he has resurrection power. The Holy spirit lives in us when we trust Jesus. And that's the same power that helps us to overcome sin, overcome, you know, addictions. Um, he helps just infuse his own life in in our lives and it and it gives us a different way and a different power to live mm-hmm. um so i imagine there's some things in life that man just feel so overwhelming and so big yeah on our strength they are mm-hmm. but we have the lord with us we have the holy spirit inside of us and that power that raised jesus from the dead is now within us as well and it's not that we can just do anything we we do according to his will but he, he helps us to overcome sin. He helps us to overcome the, the hurt in our lives. He brings healing to our wounds. And these are all things that we can experience right now. Um, and so that, that just, it occurs to me that that's part of it too. Jesus' resurrection is a power for now, mm-hmm. for living, for healing, um, for overcoming challenge and sin and barriers. That's mm-hmm. all true as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, your tangible item might be, I just need to figure out what the resurrection mm-hmm. looks like to me. I need to dig into his word yeah. and be with him daily mm-hmm. and and allow those tangible things f- to work through the Holy Spirit yeah. to be able to show me. So, yeah. yeah. It is the power for change. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the question we ask. Like, where, where do I feel like I want to change or where do I feel like God's asking me to change? Mm-hmm. He will help me get there. And yeah. and so it is a releasing. It's a It's a... It's a letting go. It's a surrendering. Yeah. And it may not be easy. Yeah. There's nothing hidden. No. You know, right. like, yeah, let's work on that thing. Yeah, and right. maybe that other thing 20 years down the road. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Release and surrender so that way you can be changed and transformed and truly living, you know, and mm-hmm. at peace with God and yourself. Um, yeah. I feel like we've been kind of teasing this next series a lot here. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to be doing a series on reconciliation. Yeah. And, um, identity, which we talked a lot about in Exodus, mm-hmm. um, but our security in the Lord is something that is going to be able to help us mm-hmm. be reconciled with others. Yes. Yep. And and again, resurrection power, where there is brokenness in, in relationship. If you've got a, a, a relationship, you're thinking of like, man, it's not the way that I want it to be. 
there is power to redeem it. That doesn't mean it will be. Um, and sometimes it's wise for it not to be. And we'll talk about that a little bit in the series, but like things can be restored. Like that's what Jesus shows us by his resurrection. There is restoration. So yeah, we're going to explore this series. What does it look like for us to be reconciled in our relationships with one another? And so it'll be very much like that, like individual relationships kind of on the ground that way. Um, and how do we get there? So we'll look at how theologically, um, where that comes from. Like we have been reconciled to Jesus, uh, through Jesus to the Lord. And that's part of our story. It's part of what the gospel means. So we're reconciled to God. And so because that's true, we can be reconciled and should be reconciled with one another. And so we pursue that. Um, and so how do we do that? Uh, we go back to Matthew 18. We did that series, uh, misinterpreted verses earlier this year. And that was one of the texts we looked at Matthew 18. And that's where we got some of the resonance, like, oh, it'd be really good to do a deeper dive into reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So that's our hope for the series is that we're going to explore that. We're going to look at some how-tos. Um, we probably won't be able to tackle every aspect of it because it's so What would so you big. say, yeah, we're going to get into a lot of different things, but mm -hmm. walking away from this series, how would you love to see this inform our church as yeah. a whole, like yeah. a, how we can posture reconciliation better? Yeah. I think um, I think this is one of the most important things for our time right now. Um, we in America are living in a in a very chaotic age, um, and relationships are are really important. I think people are realizing that, but then also we don't know how. And so, if we as a community, as a church, as a group of believers, can model this well, I think it does two things. One, it causes people to notice, like they're different, like how they carry themselves, the way they treat one another, the way they treat me. Mm -hmm. And it's different than how I'm treated elsewhere. That just, that communicates something. They notice that, but then it also, I think shows this is who God is. This is his character. He's a reconciling kind of God. And that's what we're pointing to his character. We're pointing people to that. So my hope is that we would, you, we would see this as a way for us to mirror the character of God to other people. And we're living in the kinds of healthier relationships that I think God wants for us. And so if we do that as a community, if we commit ourselves to working through conflict and being reconciled to one another, it's going to stand out yeah, and it's going to be better for us. Yeah, We're going to be in healthier relationships and that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I hope for. I hope we become people who are marked it's by cool. this. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, beyond stoked mm -hmm, <laughs> for sure. this series so i think we're going to be five weeks is five that weeks what yep we've decided mm -hmm. yeah you're not going to miss those um but we will have in podcast form and we'll mm -hmm. be talking them on we'll be talking about them here on the digging deeper podcast but everyone we're so thankful that you joined us yep. um today wherever you're at and we pray that god's blessing you and that you're able to just seek him in all things um we are starting this new series. Um, it starts this Sunday. Yep. And share this podcast with someone. Or if you have any questions or just anything, you can contact us at contact at newlifeonline.org. We'll see you next time.